your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyone, welcome to this Friday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week. I think I'm going to be doing something tomorrow around 8 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So, apologize for not having an episode yesterday. Had a couple things come up, but we are back today with another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Finally had a scoop for you all the other day when Ron Hextall spoke to the media. Um, I found that out from someone close to the team. Um, in the what was it, about 10, 10 30 in the morning, and then it was confirmed about an hour later that he would be speaking at 1 30. So, um, it's not often I get to do that, but you know, my scoop came through finally, and hopefully, I can give you guys more scoops about this sort of things in the future. But, um, Hextall said all the right things when it comes to the offseason with this team. In case anyone did not see, um, spoke to the media for about 15 to 20 minutes, um, just the other day, and Again, everyone, it was it, it, he didn't overreact. You know, he one of the big things that I agreed with with what he said. He felt, and I think Brian Burke felt the same way. I know he wasn't there. That you know, they both felt that they deserved to win the series. And if you look at the underlying numbers and you watch the series even with just your eye test, um, <laughs> excuse me, that would support that. I mean, you know, they they led in high danger chances, they led in shot attempts, they led in shots on goal and in, in, in scoring chances for versus scoring chances against. I mean, it was. Um, a total clinic by the Penguins, and you know they understood what happened with the goaltending. I know a lot of people are going to freak out because of what Hextall said about Tristan Jari. I mean, I, I get it, everyone. You know, he he didn't. Uh, I guess what's what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, he didn't waver in his confidence from him. Um, but this also shouldn't mean that they probably aren't going to go out and get a goalie because I definitely think they will. I think they are going to go out and get someone who can push. Uh, Tristan Jari for that number one role. It doesn't sound like that they're going to send Jari to the minors, which was an option I was discussing on the podcast earlier in the league with Wes and then, of course, with Jeff and, and last week as well. It looks like Jari will be on the main team next year. And, you know, though I will disagree with Hextall on this, that, you know, he, he keeps saying, and I've seen other people say this too, that, oh my God, Tristan Jari is this young goaltender and, you know, we got to give him time. I mean, people, he's going to be 27 years old this year. He is in the prime of his career. This is not some, you know, 22, 23-year-old like Carter Hart, you know, who obviously had a really bad season in Philadelphia. You know, he has a lot of time to bounce back. And honestly, if I'm if I'm a betting man, he probably will because he had a really good first year with them the season before that. But, you know, Jari is older. Like I said, he's going to be 27 this year. It, I just, I really don't know how they can continue to keep putting that point down our throats. It's just, he's he's in the prime of the screen. He's closer to 30 than he is to 20 at this point. Um, you know, Hextall also said they see a future with the core, expect them to be back. Again, everyone, in case people thought that they were going to trade um, Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin this offseason, um, you're wrong. And if you still think they should trade Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, um, I really don't know what to say to you. At this point, they, they were never going to do this. I mean, it makes no sense to. He also confirmed that they are starting to have some contract discussions with their agents, it sounds like. Um, I, and I expect both of those players to retire um, as Penguins as, 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 as well as Sidney Crosby. I don't see any one of those three players ever leaving Pittsburgh. Um, they're probably gonna, it's probably going to be a three- to four-year deal. I don't know what 
the money is going to come in at. I think Latang might have to take, I don't know, a little bit of a discount. I'm not really sure what Gino is going to want. Maybe around $9 million. Because um, I think Nicholas Backstrom, he negotiated his own contract with the Capitals, and I think his is around $9 million per season as well for the for the rest of his career. So would not be surprised if Gino kind of stuck around that number for his next contract negotiations. Um, but yeah, they, they see a future with the core, and they're not going to just disband them just because of what happened in the playoffs. Um, just looking for other uh, quotes here that I can find. Um, you know, he obviously... I know Hextall's been saying this ever since he got here. They want to add some size and toughness. I'm okay with adding some size. You know, you look at Jeff Carter. He's what six foot four, or something like that. He's a big body. Um, obviously, had 13 goals in the 20 games since coming over from Los Angeles. You know, maybe he's tough in quotation marks, but you know, it, you can find a tough player that has a lot of size that can actually play in free agency on the trade market. But they're just. They, they are hard hard to find. You know, like I said, you can find them, but they are very hard to find. Um, a player that has been, you know, I've had King Clark in my DMs about this is Blake Coleman. That makes a lot of sense for the Penguins. Uh, plays with a lot of toughness, is a big body, and he can he can produce goals and assists. You know, his, his counting stats are really good. His underlying numbers have always been good. I definitely could see a team overpaying for him though, but if, you, if you're looking for a player that fits what Ron Hextall and Brian Burke want to bring to the team during this offseason, um, he fits that to an absolute T. Another player that I could see being a fit, Zach Hyman, though I think someone is going to overpay Hyman way too much money that the Penguins just do not have. I mean, I think Hyman's probably going to get Six million per, if not maybe even close to six and a half million per, on the open market. I don't think the Leafs are going to be able to bring him back due to their uh, financial cap uh, restrictions. But I, you know, I can see a team like Edmonton giving him a lot of money. That has Jim Benning's name all over it. I think as well. Um, I just don't think the Penguins will have the money to pay him. Though again, that t- sort of player makes a lot of sense for the Penguins, and you know they want a big body who's tough. Um, has a lot of size and can also play. You know, you're not just plugging in Ryan Reeves here as a as a big tough body and playing ugly and all that. You know, you're going to bring in a player who can produce, but you know, but also can be a bit nasty and can punch someone in the mouth, as Wesley Euler was talking on my Wednesday episode. You know, I, I, I've always been saying this for the last three to four weeks. I am perfectly fine with bringing in that kind of player. It's just one. How much is it going to cost in the open market if there are a couple there? Or two, how much do you want to part with with assets-wise to go get that player? You know, is Hextall and Burke, are they comfortable doing that? That's going to be, I think, the big question this offseason that they're going to have to answer. Um, they also said that they're very pleased with the coaching staff. Again, everyone, if you thought Mike Sullivan deserved to be fired after this series, you're just not paying attention and I honestly just think that you really didn't watch this series overall because this was not Mike Sullivan's slot. I thought he honestly outcoached Barry Trotz in this series. Again, we all know what the main difference was. It's goaltending, you know, and right now the Islanders are still down two games to one again because Simeon Varlamov um, gave away the game last night to the Bruins with Brad Marchand. We'll have to see if they go back to Ilya Sorokin for game four, even though it doesn't look like that. They will. But Sullivan did a great job this season, led them to their first division title in seven years in the toughest division in hockey, navigated through so many injuries when five of their top nine forwards were out of the lineup. Um, I thought Tar Reardon did an excellent job this season. The power play struggled out of the gate, but I really thought as the season went on, it got so much better, finished top five in the league. Mike Vellucci, you know, I don't really know too much about him. You know, the, the PK definitely needs a lot more work. I'll be curious to see what he can do in the offseason for that. I'm not ready to fire him just yet just because it's been a season, though. Um, if they did cut ties with him, I honestly probably wouldn't care that much. 
Um, if there is a coaching change to be made, though, it probably is the goaltending one, as I've talked about with Mike Buckley. That's now two goaltenders that have regressed under his coaching. You know, Matt Murray, oh, during the last couple of years after he got promoted, he regressed. And now Tristan Jari, after a wonderful first season in 2020, um, regressed this season with how he played in the playoffs. But, you know, again, speaking of Tristan Jari, you know, Hextall seems pretty confident that he's going to bounce back um, and be the number one next year. But again, everyone, I've said this probably a thousand times already this episode, expect them to bring in a goalie on the UFA market. Peter Morozik makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, Linus Olmark, if they want to give him a multi-year deal, but if they want to give Morozik a one-year deal as a 1B stopgap option, just to, uh, to make sure that Jari um, doesn't screw up in some big moments, or honestly, in just any moment of next season, I would not be surprised at all if they did do that. I'm looking a couple um, other things here. Um, he, he did confirm, uh, Hextall that is, that they are going to lose a good player in expansion. Again, that's nothing new. If you've been listening to my podcast, I've been saying it's probably going to be one of Zach Aston Reese, Teddy Luger if they don't protect him, Kasperi Kapanen if they don't protect him. Um, or, or Brandon Tanev. You know, they are going to lose a very key contributor to this lineup uh, in expansion. And, you know, it, it all plays into who do they protect with the seven forwards. Again, I disagree with them protecting Jeff Carter. Hextall did confirm that they have not finalized their list yet. I mean, there's, you still have, I think, over what, a month, month and a half until Seattle uh, makes their picks. I think the expansion draft is in mid-July to late July, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double-check that during the commercial break, but I believe it's in mid to late July, so they have not finalized it yet. But again, everyone, if they do protect Jeff Carter, I do think that will be a mistake because I really don't think Seattle is going to take um, Carter as he's going to be 37 years old. I understand he played really well at the Penguins, but if you're starting out your team from scratch, I don't think taking a 37-year-old center uh, to play um, in your top six is, is a good idea. I think that was mainly it from his press conference. And, you know, I, I thought Chad from the 412 Sports Talk basically said it best on his Twitter account. You know, I, I understand that people are going to overreact to Hextall saying that, you know, the team is going to look similar next year minus a few changes along the edges. Um, but as Chad says, this is the right approach, people. If Jim Rutherford were still here, he would probably be, have already have made a trade already. I mean, that, that is basically the reality of this situation. He probably would have made maybe two trades already. You know, he, he probably would have nuked this team as year seven Rutherford um, would show no mercy on anyone, basically. But again, you don't overreact to a playoff series where one, you were the better team, and two, you lost it due to just one reason. Make the necessary changes that need to be made along the edges of the roster. Bring the core back and a lot of the supporting pieces back. Go make another run at this next season. And then after that season is where the big discussion about where the franchise is going to go moving forward will have to take place because a lot of those contracts are up. Remember, Brian Russ is up after next season as well as uh, Malkin and Latang. though I do think both of them will be back. Kasperi Kapanen's contract is up after next season. I think there's a couple others that are up as well. So that will be the big year where Hextall and Burke decide if they want to continue to be in win-now mode or if they want to retool a bit or even start a little bit of a mini-rebuild. So I'm definitely glad that they're not overreacting. You know, as Chad says in a follow-up tweet, you know, overreacting is signing Jack Johnson to a five-year term. Overreacting is trading a solid bottom six forward in Oscar Sundquist for Ryan Reeves. Overreacting is also trading Patrick Hornquist for literally no reason. Overreacting is also trading for Eric Goodbranson when there was no need to trade for Eric Goodbranson. So I am totally fine with what Ron Hextall and Brian Burke said. I mean, Adam Gretz also had a great tweet, I thought, 
earlier today as well. You know, we don't really know what they're going to be looking for with getting bigger and uglier, but they definitely have a measured response to the playoffs and the entire offseason. I'm going to get to Brian Burke's comments uh, from this morning a little bit later in the episode, but before we do that, it's time to talk about a couple of things. One of them being Wealthfront, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. They can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. They are trusted with over $20 billion of assets. You can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash NHL to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash NHL. That's wealthfront.com slash NHL to start growing your savings. One more time, wealthfront.com slash NHL and get started today. We also cannot forget about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors, well, you are missing out. Mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut almond, and of course, my favorite that I say all the time, the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of others have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So it seems like Brian Burke's brain has still... Uh, continuing to be hacked because uh, the stuff that he has been saying to the media these last couple of days have not lined up to what Brian Burke has said in the past when he has reigned teams, whether it's been in a GM role or a president of hockey operations where he was with the Calgary Flames when Brad Treloving was there. But yeah, his day, his brain has definitely been hacked the last couple of days. Uh, Bob Pompiani tweeted out this quote from uh, Burke earlier today when he was on the Cook and Joe show. Uh, when he was asked about the Penguins' lack of physicality, he says, we're not going to change who we are, which is speed and skill, but we are not ugly enough. So what that means, again, Ron Hextall said this in his press conference, they want to go out and get a player uh, who is a bit tough, can punch you in the face if need be. Uh, but, you know, but also is skillful. So they don't want to deviate from speed and skill. And that's probably something I did forgot, forget to say in the first segment. Um, someone, I, I don't know which media member asked this, but they did ask Hextall, like, you know, are you, do you and Mike share the same vision for the team? Because, you know, of course, you know, Brian Burke is someone who loves the physical hockey, loves, you know, to have some goons in there and, and stuff like that, just have players who don't have uh, some skill in the lineup. Uh, and, of course, everyone's speculating that Burke and Sullivan were going to butt heads, but it does not seem to be the case with this new regime of Mike Sullivan. Hextall confirmed that they do uh, share the same vision for the team which with speed and skill, and they just want to skate away from when teams want to make it ugly and they just want to try to get the Penguins players in the box. You know, Hextall talked a lot about that in the media press conference, and he said he thought the team did a great job of mainly just skating away and letting the Islanders just be stupid for the sake of being stupid. Um, and, you know, I think Brian Burke basically said the same thing during the series as well. You know, we got to learn to skate away. We don't, we can't get suckered into it. Um, but now he is pushing the narrative that they do want to get more ugly. I've seen some people saying they should go after Zach Cassian. That's a hard pass. I mean, Cassian, he is a bit tough and he plays a bit of an ugly style, but um, he is not that good of a player. You know, if, if you do a quick Google of his hockey 
reference page. I don't remember the exact numbers that he put up this year with the Edmonton Oilers. Let me just find this here real quickly. Okay, so he only played 27 games, uh, five points in those 27 games. The year before that, 15 goals, 34 points in 59 games, 15 goals, 26 points in 79 games before that. So yeah, he had a couple decent seasons for a bottom six forward, but I mean, he's also 30 years old right now. I don't want to be giving a player like that a bunch of term. Um, he's only been on the ice for 46% of the shot attempts this season for his career. He's only on the ice for 48% of the shot attempts um, when he is on the ice. So Again, that is a hard pass. I really don't think they should go out and get someone like Cassian. Same thing with Milan Lucic. Um, it just that doesn't need to happen. I mean, I've seen also be, seen people say Leo Komarov. Um, probably not either. Um, and I also, I still thought this was a great tweet from CK404 response code. Um, he he tweeted this if they had taken over last summer Burke and Hextall that is I have a feeling that Hornquist would still be here finding someone like him is probably the top of the list this summer and I 100% agree with that someone that can go to the dirty areas be in front of the net be a menace like that Tomas Holmstrom clone that Patrick Hornquist was and also you know Hornquist was a very physical player tough to play against he would piss off everyone night in and night out and he never took any BS um, from any player so um, I think that that's they're definitely going to try to replace him this summer. And again, Blake Coleman makes so much sense. It just comes down to can the Penguins afford him? And you know, Zach Hyman would make sense too, even though I doubt they could actually afford him. Blake Coleman, I think, is a lot more affordable than Zach Hyman. Burke also had a couple other things to say. He says if Jari and DeSmith are his two goaltenders next year to start the season, he is good to go. I mean, what do you else do you expect him to say? People, yeah, yeah, Tristan, Tristan Jari sucks. He's not gonna be my goalie next year. We're gonna trade him. Oh yeah, Casey DeSmith kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the season and got hurt. We're gonna trade him too. He sucks. I mean. I think people are just looking to be mad for the sake of being mad when, you know, a president of hockey operations or a general manager says those kind of things. They're never going to openly go out and trash their players. That just that brings their market down. I'm sure they know that they have to bring in another goalie that has starting experience to push Trish and Jari, but they're not going to say that out in public because it kills what they're planning for this offseason. So I just I had to tell everyone that. So hopefully no one gets mad. Uh, Burke also says he used the term self-help multiple times in reference to the lack of calls by officials in the playoffs. He says you just can't rely on refs making the calls. I mean, he, he is right. I mean, we all know the officiating has been pretty dog shit for most of these playoffs. I mean, honestly, not even most of them. I would say basically the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. But this is par for the course every single season. And I think Down Goes Brown from The Athletic wrote a great article on this. I think it was last Friday when he talked about it, you know. Yeah. Um, we don't notice some of this during the regular season because a lot of the casual fans don't tune in for these games, you know, or, you know, when some of them do tune in, it's just the games don't mean as much because there's not as much on the line. But now when your team is in it, you're watching every single second of every single shift. You're going to pay a lot more attention. And that is why the officiating is getting called out a lot more in the playoffs because, you know, they obviously let a lot go. But, you know, they're also all under a bigger microscope, I think is the word. That I am looking for, but you know, and again, I think Elliot Freeman. I was listening to I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts. I'm so sorry for stuttering today, everyone. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts. I think it was today, and they they were talking about the officiating, him and Jeff Merrick. And you know, my entire thought the whole time, it's like everyone. This is how the league wants these games to be called. You know, the, the officials are just doing what Gary Bettman and his crew of mistreats want. That is the reality of the situation here. The league likes the way these games are called, and they're going to keep telling the officiating to call the games as such. 
I mean, it doesn't get any more clear cut than that, in my opinion. Sure, you know, you're seeing some more power plays in overtime. You know, Miko Rantanen won the game. Uh, game two against Vegas the other night in overtime on a pretty soft call that usually they would let go in overtime, but there they did not. I mean, you saw uh, last night in the Tampa Bay-Carolina game, uh, Tampa Bay got a power play late in the third and then going into overtime, they killed it off. And then Carolina gets a makeup call because that call was not good. And then Carolina wins it in overtime to get back into the series. But at least for those calls, you know, they're actually doing their job a bit and they're they're, they're not like letting some of these calls go, even though, like I said, the Rangers won. Um, they let go nine out of ten times, but this one, I guess they heard some of the criticisms that, you know, Dom from The Athletic was sharing in an article and a whole bunch of other media members that cover the sport, you know, including myself, of course, basically on a nightly basis on Twitter. And it does suck again that they are not made available to the media after the game. That is the biggest thing here. The NHL, they could 100% if they wanted to make the officials talk to the media after the game about, you know, non-calls and calls they made and everything in between, but they don't make them do that for, you know, a bunch of reasons, most notably that they're a bunch of cowards, in my opinion. So that is my little mini rant on the officiating and just everything going on um, with that. And then, of course, with Brian Burke's quotes uh, coming up in the next segment, I'm going to touch a little bit on the playoffs right now, as well as that Mark Shifley suspension and just why I'm kind of sick and tired of all these Neanderthals defending dirty hits for the sake of defending dirty hits. Before we do that, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet online your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest nudes, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's better online, your online sportsbook experts with promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I wanted to just touch on some of the series around the league right now and also talk about the Mark Shifley suspension. Um, I'm kind of sick and tired of doing this stuff with, you know, whether it's Shifley or Tom Wilson or, you know, Zanazim Kadri, basically on a weekly basis because, you know, I, I am glad that the Department of Player Safety got this semi right. You know, they gave him four games, which is almost the max for a phone hearing. Probably should have been an in-person hearing. You know, a competent player safety overall probably doesn't let him play the rest of the playoffs and in, going into next season. But I still think, you know, four games, almost five games for that hit. Um, that, that's good for them because usually they would only give that like a one to two game suspension. This showed that they were serious and that they want to get that kind of hit out of the league. I'm just really sick and tired of these these Neanderthal redneck people with trucks in their bios on Twitter saying like, oh yeah, man, like that's just a clean hockey play. Like this is how it was in the 80s. Like who gives a shit? It's like you people just couldn't be more out of touch with the game even if you tried. And I am just so tired of those people commenting on hockey. You know, these, these old time hockey fans – just really pissed me off and that that is not where this game is now and it's not where this game is going so you either basically you know for moneyball adapt or die so i'm really just tired of seeing all these bootlickers just always um try to defend um whatever dirty hit comes around you know whether like i said it's for tom wilson or nazim kadri or now with mark shifley or when anytime um a player makes a dirty hit 
you know, there's always so many of these weirdos defending the player who made the hit when there really is no room to defend that player. You know, you're just as bad as George Peros and all the people like Colin Campbell and stuff like that for defending them. So I just, I'm really sick of it. I don't like when that happens. But, you know, like I said, good on the Department of Player Safety for giving him a four-game suspension. He's, he might be out for the rest of the series. We will see Montreal, of course, took game one. And I do think the Habs will get to the Stanley Cup semifinals, which is basically just pretty embarrassing that they're going to get that far, considering in a normal year that they would not even be in the Stanley Cup playoffs if um, we had the regular divisions, though um, we'll be back to those divisions next year, um, of course. But uh, I did want to share my thoughts on the Shifley suspension. It was just a gross hit. Uh, I feel bad for Jake Evans. I'm not really sure if he's going to play again this series, but I'm glad that he's doing okay. I know he was diagnosed with a concussion, but he's not in the hospital anymore. I'm just, you know, what's it going to take to get these hits out of the game forever? Um, because, you know, just eventually, you know, someone's going to die on the ice if this keeps happening. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some weird bootlickers that continue to defend the player who hit him, even if a player somehow dies on the ice. So I'm just, I'm just, I've grown numb to this. I'm tired of debating it. Um, just get these kind of trash hits out of the game uh, for good, I think is my main thing. But overall, with the rest of the series, Carolina-Tampa has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, please tune into that. Uh, Tampa Bay is up two games to one. I know Carolina won game three. It, that series just reminds me a lot of like a big brother, little brother element where, you know, Tampa Bay well, – I don't want to say this. Carolina is really good, and they are built the same way Tampa Bay is. It's just that Tampa Bay's elite players are better than Carolina. Excuse me. They're better than Carolina's elite players. So um, I think that's going to be the main difference in the series. And oh yeah, everyone, Andre Vasilevsky is still the best goaltender in the world. He has shown it through three games. But nice to see Carolina get that win in game three last night after losing home ice. Um, as Sebastian Ajo won the game in overtime last night on the power play. Uh, Colorado-Vegas, I mean, well, what's more to say? Colorado is a buzzsaw. They're 6-0. They're trying to match the Pittsburgh Penguins for the best start. Um for instantly Cup playoffs history as the Penguins went 7-0 in 2008. I mean, it, everyone, I think, forgets just how good the Penguins were at, uh, before they went up against Detroit that year. They went 12-2 and um, in the first two, uh, first three rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Remember, they, they swept, I think, what was it? They swept Ottawa, they beat Philadelphia in five games, and then they beat the Rangers in five games. So 12-2 and two through their first 14 games. They looked like a buzzsaw. Then, of course, they ran into an actual buzzsaw in the Red Wings. Um, and speaking of those OA Red Wings, this Colorado team is probably the best team I've ever seen since the OA Red Wings. I mean, this is this is the evolution of our game. You know, if you're not watching the Avalanche, I think you're doing yourself a disservice at this point. I understand they play late, but this team is so much fun to watch. Um, they're like many others. They're my mistress team. I watched Peter Forsberg so much growing up. He was my favorite player um, overall as a kid. And when the, the when the five players on the ice are Cal McCarr, Devon Taves, and Miko Ranson, and Gabriel Landestock, and Nathan McKinnon, g- good luck stopping them, man. I mean, and their depth is just so good too with Tyson Yost and Brandon Saad, who they got for pennies on the dollar, and JT Comfer, and Jonas Donskoy, and of course, you have Grubauer and Nett, and then Nazem Kadri when he's not being an idiot, um, et cetera, et cetera. This team is just so talented. Um, I don't think they're going to lose four out of five to Vegas. I think they may challenge the Penguins from 08 and go at least 12-2 and two going to the Stanley Cup final. I really do want to see Tampa Bay, Colorado in the final. And as for the Bruins-Islanders series, Boston up two games to one. It is so weird continuing to see how the Islanders have this horseshoe stuck up their butts. I mean, I'm serious. Like, they were outshot 39-24 going into the overtime last night. I think the shot attempts were like 
is it, I, I gotta go look at the tweet actually. G g give me a second here. I have the tweet um, from last night. So the shot times 70 to 49 Boston, 32 to 14 in the third period. I mean, it's just like, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, this team is just the luckiest freaking team I think I've ever seen. Like I said, you know, the only reason they got past Pittsburgh was because of the goaltending. You know, Varlamov played well last night, but let in a stinker when it really mattered most. I think Trotz is probably going to go back to him for game four. Um, I still have the Bruins in five or six games. Um, but it is really just so frustrating to see how the Islanders continue to be in this series, uh, even though they're down two games to one, but continue to get outplayed virtually every game, and not just in this series, but overall in these playoffs. But I think you'll see a Final Four of Colorado, Montreal, and then Boston, Tampa Bay, which would basically be an Eastern Conference Final in a lot of regular years. And then you'll have the other Stanley Cup semifinal, basically probably be a sweep. Um, I, I don't honestly don't even know if Montreal beats Colorado once. Like, And if they do, um, it, it's... Basically, carry Price carrying them um, to a win. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back on mon Monday for another episode for this podcast. I hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Go out, enjoy the sun, go to a brewery. You know, things are really starting to open back up. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, go get your vaccine. It's free to sign up for in the United States, and I, I think it's in Canada. Um, as well, you know, concerts are getting announced. I'm actually planning on going to Guns N' Roses in late July at Hershey Park. So just, you know, be on the lookout for lots of things as, you know, we're really, we're getting close to the end of this. You know, there's a minute left in the Stanley Cup final and we're up three goals in the elimination game. So um, we're, we're basically just about there. But like I said, thank you all so much for listening to this one. And I'll be back on Monday with another one.